As we know in sports, players are always performing for their next contract. They have to prove they are worthy of a huge contract, worthy of the next contract. But what happens when a player no longer has to prove anything? And then also in sports, oftentimes there are players that aren't wanted by their teams. And then they find themselves on a new team where they are wanted. How does this translate to our own lives? Do we live our life with a desire to prove ourselves? And what does it mean to actually be wanted? Let's unpack it. This is the Unpacking It podcast, where we relate big sports stories to life and biblical truth. Our mission is to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like him with sports conversations that truly matter. That's what I'm talking about! Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, I just want to thank you guys one last time for being here. It's the best day ever. Here is the president of Unpacking It Ministries, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack parallels, metaphors, and topics in sports that relate to life and faith. I'm Bryce Johnson, joined by Luke Heaton. On today's episode, we're unpacking two interesting quotes, maybe from players that that everybody may not be familiar with, but man, what they say has tremendous parallels to our understanding of God and and living this life in view of of what God tells us and the reality uh, of the way that God loves us. And so these two quotes, one's from Elijah Moore, and and one is from a defensive tackle with the Tennessee Titans, uh, Jeffrey Simmons. And so we will get into those quotes in just a moment, and and we will talk about those. And then also, uh, just to remind you, These topics that we talk about on this show are also found in written form. And so you can subscribe for free on our website to our devotionals. And so we take sports topics related to life and biblical truth, and we send it out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We didn't send one Monday. It was Memorial Day. So hopefully you were enjoying the day. Uh, We had a rainy day in Charlotte, finally cleared up in the afternoon, went for a nice little walk with the girls and and my wife. Um, So had a nice day. Hope you did as well. Uh, but but encourage you to subscribe to our devotional on unpackingit.com. Also, we are brought to you by Sugar Creek Coffee, and they specialize in handcrafted small batch artesian roasted coffee. Visit sugarcreekcoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK. And so I'm due to buy uh, some new Sugar Creek coffee, so uh, excited to get a fresh batch myself. Uh, and so check out sugarcreekcoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK. They also have cold brew options ready to go for the summer. So we're still waiting for it to heat up here in Charlotte. But if it's uh, if, if you're already longing for the cold brew, uh, they've got that available for you as well. So check it out, sugarcreekcoffee.com. All right, Luke. Man, we've got the, the NBA Finals beginning We've got the Stanley Cup Finals as well. Beginning, your Dallas Stars, not going to make it. Uh, the Boston Celtics, can't believe they blew it. Uh, they aren't going either, so congrats to Miami. Uh, we talked about Denver uh, on the show last week, so if you missed that, I encourage you to check out that podcast. We talked about patience. But we're due here on the podcast to talk a little football. And it's the off season. and what's fun about this time of year, a lot of players are reflecting on last season 
and then they give you kind of their perspective on the new season. And when I read a lot of these quotes, I'm always looking at pro football talk. A lot of these quotes really reveal truths about life and, and even what we as, as mere uh, fans experience as well. And, and also as, as followers of Jesus. So we're going to get into all that today. Uh, but Luke, how are you doing, man? You know, I am mourning the stars loss, like you just said. However, glass half full mentality in comparison, though it was a grim season for Dallas sports fans with the Mavs debacle, missing the playoffs, stars getting blanked in game six last night, Boston fans, oh man, both their hockey team, the Bruins, and then the Celtics both lost game sevens to eight seeds in Boston mm. to be eliminated. So it it could always be worse. So I am uh I'm thinking about that today. But great season for the stars and now NBA finals time, Stanley Cup finals. I am very excited for more sports consumption. Absolutely. And a quick shout out to Ryan Blaney. He won the Coca-Cola six hundred here in Charlotte. Uh, actually played in his Top Golf uh, Foundation event on Thursday last week, so I had a chance to meet him. Awesome guy. Then to see him win uh, was really cool. So I was actually watching that uh, on Monday, and so that was uh, that was a ton of fun to see him get the get the win there. So let's talk a little NFL though, and it will incorporate other sports kind of involved in this topic because it translates to to all sports really uh, as it does into our own lives. But so the the first quote i had two quotes for everybody today that, that i want to unpack and the first one is from jeffrey simmons so he young player with the titans was drafted in 2019 last season second team all pro so a good player really and good player. This, this off season and, and the titans always have a good defense uh vrabel of course a former defensive guy um had some inconsistency on offense last year some injuries and all that kind of thing but defense has been solid for them and and so Simmons signed a deal in the offseason where the Titans committed to him. He'll be there through 2026. So he goes into this season with, you know, the commitment from the Titans, some confidence knowing that, hey, they believe in me, they want me here, and now I can go out and, and play. And so this is what he said. He said, my goal this year is not to try and prove who I am. My goal is how can I be – better than I was last year, especially health-wise. And then he goes on to say uh, his weight, he wants to be consistent there, and he wants to be consistent with his technique and fundamentals and consistent with my leadership. This organization knows who I am as a player, and that's why we came to an agreement. At this point in my career, it's just how can I be more consistent with my play? And, and so that's what he talks about. And so what really jumped out to me, yes, it's important. You love the consistency. You love the, the idea of some of the, the changes that he wants to make uh, to, to you know, just allow himself to be consistent. Um, and actually, we, Matt wrote a devotional last week about consistency, so I encourage you to check that out. But this idea of proving who he is and proving himself to get a contract, he doesn't have to do that. Now, mm -hmm. in some ways, he has to prove that the contract was worth it, but he's already got the contract. And so he now can just go out and play. Well, when you think about this concept from a, from a sports standpoint, I got to go out and prove myself. When is it a good thing? When does it kind of turn into maybe a negative thing? And, and how important is it for, for somebody like him to go into the season saying, hey, I, I don't have to prove anything? Gosh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate how pros probably lose 
the love of the game sometimes. They, they forget why they're even playing in the first place mm. because of the pursuit of a new contract to prove themselves when the reality is their dream was to make it to pro sports. Jeffrey Simmons, his dream was probably to play in the NFL, not, no, and I got to prove myself over and over again. I remember Trevor Lawrence had a, had a unique take when he was drafted on basically saying there's, there's more important things than football and kind of got crushed for it for as followers of Jesus perspective. Absolutely. But you know, the love of the game, that's why they're all here. And it's unfortunate seeing players lose sight of that. Uh, I was even listening to a, uh, DeMar DeRozan and Paul George talk about uh, things in the NBA. And they were saying that there's a lot of players in the NBA that don't even love basketball. Mm. They're just here to play, to prove themselves, to get a contract. So that that's what I first think of on the pursuit of that can cause these guys to forget why I'm even playing in the first place, which is because they love playing. And the, the pure enjoyment of it, the the innocence of that, rather than having to constantly prove myself. Uh, yeah, and when you really can play, because when you think about you know, Hall of Famers, the, the, that level of play, like they're able to focus on so many, like they're not really worried about, like Patrick Mahomes, he's not worried about his contract. His yeah. agent's taking, you know, he's taking, yeah. but you listen to him talk about it, he's, he's focused on Super Bowls. Yep. So he's not trying to prove, hey, I got to earn a contract or anything. Yeah, he'll try to make as much money as he can, all that kind of thing. But ultimately, he's trying to win Super Bowls and that's that's his motivation. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting to hear somebody like Simmons to where it's like, yeah, I don't my goal this year is not to try and prove who I am. In one way, he's already shown that through the first couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we can go out and say, hey, I'm just focused on being consistent, working on my weight, working on my technique, those kind of things. Yeah. Because eventually not, where not, where does it where does it end? Where guy yeah. like Jeffrey Simmons gets big contract. Now if I mean, plenty of players are oh, not going to prove myself, not going to prove I'm worthy of this contract or I'm better than this guy. He got paid more than me. It never ends. At some point, you just have to, I'm just going to enjoy playing football, working as hard as I can, and that's it. I think the Patrick Mahomes example is great because if if he was all ego, he'd see these other quarterbacks because when he got his big almost five, half a billion dollars contract, now he's what sixth or seventh in regards to yearly salary. Jalen Hurts is going to make more money per year than him. For plenty of guys, that's unacceptable. But for him, to your point, no, yeah, I'm going to get paid. That's going to be fine. But how can we keep a good team? I want to keep winning. I'm focused on doing what I can control. Not, oh, that guy gets more money. I've got to prove myself again. That just seems exhausting. It is. It is. We'll talk more about that. And so one other quote from Simmons, he says, I'm not trying to prove I am better than this guy in this league. And and that's the other thing, too, where players are always worried about, OK, I got to prove I'm better than him. I'm better than, you know, obviously they're trying to compete for a starting spot and I got to be better than this guy. But you just play. You do your best. You play. And then versus oh, I got to prove you're, you're so then you're focused on the other person yeah. uh, versus you know, being the, the type of player that, that you're capable of being. And, and ultimately, it sounds cliche, but yeah, you just do the best you can. Um, the other quote I want to bring up along the same lines, and we'll, we'll see the connection and the parallel when it comes to the faith side of this as well. But remember Elijah Moore for the Jets. He was drafted by the Jets, came in rookie season, played well, was catching touchdowns. And during his rookie season, he only played 11 games, 
but had five touchdowns. Some big well, fantasy followed- performances for me. Oh, you liked him, so he was oh, good yeah. for you. Yep. Well, if you bought into him, then last year, big drop-off. It was like he disappeared. You already heard the rumblings of, are they going to trade him? You know, it doesn't really fit in with the Jets. What's going on? And he only caught one touchdown in 16 games. So oh. he took a step back. His production went down. His kind of opportunities went away. And so they, the Jets traded him to the Browns this offseason. And so, of course, now he's excited. He's got a new you know, chance to start fresh. And this is what he said. Feels good to be wanted. And it's going to make any player, any human go harder when you feel like that and you feel like you're around people who want you to be here. So I'm going to give it all I got every single day. All right. So when it comes to our own lives, in light of both of these concepts, how often do we live in a way where we're trying to prove things. We're trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to, to prove this or that. And then how often do we find ourselves maybe in situations where we don't feel wanted or it's like, man, how could anybody want me? Or, you know, we, we allow shame and disappointment to kind of take over versus living as followers of Jesus in, with this perspective. I no longer have to prove that I'm, I'm, I'm worthy or valuable uh, because when we receive Christ, receive his salvation, we receive a contract, so to speak, that's long-term. It's never-ending. It's yep. eternal. We're in. And so, like Simmons, we now can go out and live and play. There's a level of freedom there, which we've talked about on this show. There's a level of peace. And, and so, we don't have to prove ourselves to say, all right, I got to be good enough. I got to be good enough. I got I to gotta get the favor and love of God. I need, I, I need it, so I better go show what I can do, and, and, and then the reminder, too, is that we can live like Elijah Moore is now able to play. We're wanted. We're wanted by the God of the universe. He made a way for us to know him, to experience him both now and forever, and we were wanted by him. That's why he sent Jesus. He loved us so much that he sent Jesus mm-hmm. to die for us, to raise again, uh, to rise again. And so, um, Man, so I, I, it's, it's a wonderful thing, but, but so often we, we lose sight of this and we live this life we're always trying to prove to ourselves, to prove to other people, and then ultimately trying to prove ourselves to God when we don't have to. We can rest in him and the finished work of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, this is worth getting excited about because this is, I mean, this is the heart of the, the good news of the gospel that we had nothing to offer. God. And yet he still rescued us out of his great love, his mercy, his faithfulness. There was, there was nothing. You know what, Luke, he has a lot to offer me. I mean, I think he's worthy of being saved. No, not at all. We all were born under the curse of sin and it's only the grace of God and the holiness and the power of God that we are made right with him. Now, Amen. he's going to use us in amazing ways, but it's not in our own strength. It's God's greatness in us, and it's, it's really encouraging to remind that we have nothing to prove. And I, I want to read this quote that I think is uh, helpful. So it's this book, Timothy Keller, who, who just passed, a really impactful theologian, pastor in my life, uh, his book, The Prodigal God, and then this book, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Um, it's essentially, it's looking at, First um, Corinthians three twenty one through four seven, and it's basically a book about the com- a commentary on 
Paul caring about what God thinks of him more than others. Um, and it's kind of around that topic, but he, he has this really helpful thing. He says, Christianity is opposite from all other identities because performance follows the verdict. Mm. You see, the verdict is in, and now I perform on the basis of the verdict. Because he loves me, God, and accepts me, I do, I do not have to do things just to build up my resume. I do not have to do things to make me look good. I can do things for the joy of doing them. I can help people to help people, not so I can feel better about myself, not so I can fill up the emptiness. Mm. So this, this freedom that as followers of Jesus we get to live with because rather than all the other identities in the world where we're, we're performing to then grasp that identity, We've been given an identity. The verdict is in that we are made sons and daughters of God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, through trusting in that. Now we get to live our lives with freedom out of that reality. When I'm when I'm helping a, when I'm helping someone, it's not to give me a clean conscience. It's not to make myself feel better about myself. It's because God has saved me. I the Holy Spirit is working in me to love God and to want to follow Him. I can just do that freely. Pursuing other things in life, it's not to make myself feel better. It's not to earn the approval of other people. It's not to earn the proof of the approval of God. It's, no, I have the approval of God through Christ. Now I can just live freely. There's mm. no pressure to perform. It's just enjoying God and all the things we do. And that that's worth reminding of ourselves every day because we quickly, even though we may have been following Jesus for a long time or a short time, we quickly fall back into the performing mindset that's of the flesh. Yes, that's the battle. And and I think th this reminder today of, man, we don't have to prove anything. And so the, the Bible gives us some, some encouragement here and, and reminders, you know, Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So it wasn't... Was well, hey you get you were doing awesome you were playing so well you're living so well you're great I'm gonna give you salvation no we're we're, we're given salvation while we were still sinners mm -hmm. um and and you know Christ died for us at that point and so Ephesians two eight tells us two eight through ten for by grace you have been saved through faith this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And, and so it, it's all about him. It's not about us proving that, that we deserve his grace, that we deserve his love, that we deserve uh, his salvation. Um, and when we do receive it and, and we understand what Jesus did and, and we, we accept that free gift of salvation, then, like I said, the contract is in. Like we're good. We've got the contract, hmm. and and so uh, and, and we don't have to we don't have to prove it anymore. And just like Simmons, he has the contract, and he can get caught up again in trying to prove it, but he doesn't have to. He's already got the contract, and and so especially today, and the NFL is going this way with guaranteed contracts, and that's a whole other topic. But we have that guarantee for sure. It's one hundred percent guaranteed in Christ that we are forgiven, that we have that that grace. Um, yeah, and we and, don't have to, to look over our shoulder. It's like Elijah Moore, his point on it's, it's better to be wanted because out of that, you're more motivated. There's more opportunity to do good 
and that's the same for our own lives. We're not, as followers of Jesus, we're not having to look over our shoulder mm. and, ah, oh, am I doing good enough? It's we know that we are accepted by God in Christ. Therefore, we can work as hard as we can for the Lord with no fear of failure. Oh, what if I, what if I mess up here? Oh, no, no, we're accepted. If, it, if, if we fail when we sin, when we fail, we repent, we approach the throne of God freely because we know He's faithful, faithful to forgive our sins. But there's never this looking over our shoulder wondering, uh, am I going to be accepted? Am I at risk of losing my acceptance of God? No. We can freely work as hard as we can for the Lord because we've been accepted, mm. which is a great reality. I think of... Uh, you know, Bill Self, his lifetime contract with my with my Kansas Jayhawks. You know, a down year, a bad recruiting class, an early exit from the tournament, he's not at risk of getting fired. And no, Kansas has committed to him. Lifetime contract. Now, the analogy obviously falls short, but when, as we continue to live this life following Jesus, and we inevitably continue falling short of the glory of God in our daily lives, we know that we've been accepted by God. We don't have to live in fear, but we live in peace of mind. And that acceptance drives us to work as hard as we can for God. Not to earn anything, but living out of what Jesus has earned for us. Absolutely. So I believe all of that, and I also want to factor in another verse that in some ways makes this, uh, wait, makes you question a little bit. So let's unpack it. So in 2 Timothy 2.15, Amplified Version says, Study and do your best to present yourself to God approved, a workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. And so wait, so we have to be, we have to present ourselves to God approved, a workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed. And so I'll let, I'll let you have first crack at this when you, <laughs> when you hear that verse, because it, because it, it, it's somewhat confusing, but I remember even as a kid, we did a Awana, uh, and that verse was sort of the core to that uh, great thing for kids growing up. But uh, approved workmen are not ashamed. Um, and so, yeah, we absolutely want to live in a way that that honors and glorifies God, and he would be, you know, pleased with and proud proud of, for sure. It's not for salvation. And so you ju- you jump in, Luke. I said I'd give you first chance, and then I, I jumped in. Uh, that's right. Well, do you want to keep going? You, you got the train got rolling it. here. You got it. I know. Yeah, I think one of those many tensions in Scripture, we've, we've talked about, you know, there, there are tensions that uh, sometimes they don't have for sure clear answers, but they both can be true. And the reality is we're not robots that God has saved and controlled. There's somehow there's human responsibility in living our lives, surrender to the Spirit, but there's also the responsibility or the reality that we can't do anything in our own strength. Somehow both are true and work together, but there is no excuse for, you know, Paul gets at this in in Romans 6, should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Oh, I'm saved, now I can bow out of the fight. No. No, you've been saved, therefore, let's Let's up it up. Let's increase it a notch. Now we're going to continue working as hard as we can for the Lord and present ourselves to God as someone who He's been sanctifying. But we also can't do that in our own strength. So I think 
there, there's a clear exhortation from Paul. Yes, you've been saved, you've been given the Holy Spirit, but that's not an excuse to, oh, no, I can do whatever I want now. No, that's, that's right. That's not the reality of, of I've been given new life. That's right. All we're doing is, is demonstrating, representing, in some ways proving that God has changed our heart, that, God, that ha- he has changed our perspective, that he, he's, he's transforming us. No, we're, we're, we're not perfect, and we're still going to screw up, and we're going to have those, those off days and make mistakes and, and all that, but there's going to be evidence that our life has been changed, that we're an approved worker. We're, we're serving the Lord. Our, our life represents the, the inward change. And, and so we don't, you know, we're not out there performing for God to prove ourselves in a way to, to get the next contract, right? That, that God's signing us to two-year deals, three-year deals. Oh, you did a good job for me. I'll give you another three years. No, we're in. We're in. We, we've received the, 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 the grace and the salvation through Christ because of him, not us. So we can't boast. Nothing we've done. Christ died while we were still sinners. And so that's how we then live in a way uh, that, that we seek to, to praise, honor, and bring glory to God by the way we've lived in response to what he's done in us and, and the way that he saved us and who we used to be to, to now who we are now. So, yeah, we're going to be an approved workman. We're working for the Lord, serving the Lord. Um, and so we're pursuing holiness. Uh, that's the life that we now, we now live. And, yeah. and so, go ahead. I'll say, I think something that this idea of working for the Lord, at the heart of this is, who do we care, whose opinion do we care about the most? Mm. And I think another really helpful thing that uh, Tim Keller helped me understand in this book is that, you know, it, it's easy for, everyone says, oh, I don't care what other people think about me. We all care what other people think about us in our in our flesh. But it's like, well, let's get to a point where I don't care what others think about me. I just care what I think about myself. That's also falling short because our view of self is often way too much ego, way too much pride, a false view of humility, self-condemnation. No, because Paul, in, in that text I said earlier that, that Timothy Keller is basically writing a commentary on, he says Paul's basic you know, argument is, I don't care what other people think about me, nor do I put too much stock and care what I think about myself because I care what God has to say about me. When I'm working for the Lord, it's what does God say about me? Because my view of self can often be wrong, and certainly the view of others toward me can often be wrong. Therefore, as we are freely following Jesus and working for the Lord, it's caring what God thinks about us really helps uh, you know, grant power to that. Because if we're constantly thinking what others think about us, and even if we're constantly carrying a faulty view of self, it's really difficult mm. to freely work for the Lord because God's opinion of us isn't number one. Mm. But when it is, pressure-free. Now yeah. I can get to work as hard as I can and because I know what God says about me. Mm. Uh, there's a lot there because... I'm sure people are thinking, well, I got to prove to that I am, you know, uh, in work or proven, you know, prove myself at work. I can prove myself at at home. And and even thinking about, yeah, I mean, we should we should be approved as a husband, but are we trying to prove that in the eyes of 
what the world says a good husband is or even what our wife thinks is a good husband yeah. or are we trying to to live in a way that that honors and and God and we, we're husbands that God approves that yes this is the the type of husband that that you are according to my word according to what I call you to mm-hmm. and in some ways in today's culture that's that it doesn't always line up. It does, it, there, there are different things um, that that end up being the motivation or trying to prove ourselves according to what the world says versus what God says. And so that leads us to the verse Galatians 1.10, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so, you know, back to your point too, it's, we're, we're serving Christ. Like that's our, that's our life now. We're, we, we've got the contract we're in. And so we're, we're with him for eternity, but now we're, we're serving him. We're, and so are we serving him in a way that, well, I'm just trying to prove myself to other people or, oh, I'm serving him in a way that, Hey, does this, does this honor you, God? Am I, is this, is this pleasing to you? Like how often do we ask that question about our decisions? You know, what's most pleasing to you, God? And, and so, again, not to the point of we're trying to prove ourselves to God, but, but no, we want to please him. We want yeah. our behavior, we want our decisions and behavior to, to be approved, that God would approve of this mm-hmm. versus, uh-oh, you're, you know, you're not proving yourself worthy enough to me, so I'm going to hold back my love for you. That's, yeah. not, that's not what it is. And I, I think the, the specific application for, for us today is, asking ourselves the question is Christ all for us and, and what would that look like what would it look like for Christ to be all in our daily lives and I say that I think you know in John 12 42 and 43 we read that there were a lot of of people that believed in Christ but didn't profess publicly because of fear of being kicked out of the synagogue mm. so there's a fear they said they they cared about the glory that comes from man rather than the glory that comes from God so I think in our in our daily lives, what would it mean for Christ to be all? For what God thinks of us to be more important than what others think of us and what we think of ourselves sometimes. What would that mean for family relationships? When you see extended family at Thanksgiving or at Christmas, what would it mean for Christ to be all at your job? Monday through Friday, or whatever whatever days you work, what would it look like for Christ to be all in how you interact with people, how you navigate your job? It, it, for, you know, Bryce talks about this all the time. What would it look like for Christ to be all as as a father? In a, in a previous episode, we talked about being a good dad is a great desire, but if that's the number one desire, it's going to fall short because it should flow out of desiring to please God. So I think that's a question we ought to ask ourselves is what would it look like in my daily life for Christ to be all? And where does that motivation come from? Ultimately, it comes from a place of understanding his love, resting in his love, resting in the finished work of Christ. And that then motivates us to, yeah, give our all. And so that goes back to what the, the comments made by Elijah Moore he says, it feels good to be wanted. And because we are, and for us, because we are wanted by our creator, we can also echo what, what Moore said when he says, so I'm going to give it all, give it all I got every single day. And, and so that's, that's the quote from, from Elijah Moore. 
Um, and so, yeah, we want to give our all. We want to give our all because of what he's done and because we are accepted, because we mm-hmm. are in his family. And so uh, it feels good to be wanted. It feels good to be wanted by God. And so we're motivated by his love. And so in Ephesians 1, 5, it says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And, and so, uh, and I'll leave you with this, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Mm-hmm. And so his love compels us. His yeah. love compels because us. Because the reality that. is, it feels good to be wanted. But often we we trade the love of Christ compelling us and being wanted by God for being wanted by man. Amen. And we live our lives Badly. trying to seek the love that comes from fellow people. Because that 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 desire to be wanted is there, but are mm. we going to be wanted by God? and being compelled by God's love for us through Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit? Or are we going to exchange that for the cheap love that comes from from people? And that is a daily... Mm. I'm aware of my... I may seem like I've got this under control because we're speaking about it on a podcast, but believe me, I'm not even close. It's a daily surrender of, God, I really care what people think about me. Mm. I, I desire to be wanted by people. And repenting of that, uh, because I need the Holy Spirit to to fix my eyes on the love that comes from God and being wanted by God. Amen. So let's be reminded of that. He He does want us, and it's not because of anything we've done. It's not because uh, of any way that we we perform. And and I'll share this b- before we wrap up. Uh, just I'm kind of wrapping up a, a book by Albert Tate. Uh, he's a pastor, and uh, yeah, really cool cool book. But uh, he he used this example, and I, I really, this was memorable. The show The Voice, right? The, the singers are up there, they're singing, all the judges have their backs turned to them. If the singer performs well, they'll turn around and give their approval, right? And Jody watches, my wife, she watches The Voice. I, I can't really get into it, but whatever. It's, I, I understand <laughs> the concept. It's cool. Gives me a chance to watch sports. Not but, as good as The Mass Singer. Uh, we've kind of given up on it a little bit. We're not as into it anymore. We're not as into it, but with the voice. So it's like, Oh, you did, you did great. So I'm going to turn around. Here's what we have to remember. God's already turned around. Hmm. So we're performing, we're performing, so to speak. We're, we're acknowledging him. We're living our lives. We're serving him. We're worshiping him not to get him to turn around. He's already turned around. Yeah. So now we just get to, to, to rest in that and enjoy living for him, serving him, bringing him glory, bringing him honor. And we do it with all we got. Because we're wanted, we're loved, we're we're accepted by Him, and and so we've already got the contract. We've we've already Jesus Jesus proved His love for us. God proved His love for us by mm-hmm. sending Jesus yeah. for us, um, and Jesus' willingness to die for us. So that's what was proven. We don't have to do the proving. So there you go. Any yeah. last word, Luke? Otherwise, no, amen. Uh, Leave it on that analogy. That's great. Uh, I haven't heard that. It's good. It's good. Really good. So uh, Albert Tate will get the get the nod on that one. So. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. For Luke, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. 
I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans, follow Jesus together. Can't wait till we do this again. Until then, have a great week, a great day. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.